This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. Okay, we're in a series of Missionary Jesus, looking at Jesus' encounters with, great, with people and how he changes their lives. Uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at, can anyone tell me? Lazarus, raising of Lazarus, well done, Enos. And this week, we're going to look at Barabbas, I've called it Jesus in my place. Barabbas. In, in um, 8th of September, 1940, Auschwitz concentration camp. A prisoner appeared to have escaped. The sub-commander, Karl Fritz, ordered that ten other prisoners die by starvation in reprisal. Francisca Joincheck, uh, prisoner number 5659, was one of those selected for the roll call. Joincheck cried out, My family, my family. Listening was a man called Maximilian Kobe. He heard about the agony of, uh, of Gajonchek's family. And he offered himself instead. I am a Catholic priest from Poland. I have no wife and family. I would like to take his place. The switch was permitted. And after all the cellmates died, Kobe prisoner 16670 was put to death with an injection of carbolic acid. It was a about 20 years ago that actually the Pope, then Pope Paul, Paul II, thank you, good Catholic, Paul II actually had uh, Francis Gajoncek's family, about 30 or 40 or 50 of his family that had been born to him and his children and his children. And he said as they made Maximilian Kobe, we don't do this in God first, but they made Maximilian Kobe a saint, we believe we're all saints, but he said that many Many had lived through the death of the one man. And that's what we're going to find out today. Uh, the Bible says very rarely will somebody die for a good man. But for a sinner, Christ died. And we're going to find that today. We're looking in John 18. I'm not going to read the whole lot, A, to save my voice, and B, because uh, I don't want to run the passage chronologically, which breaks all the rules of exegesis, but we'll do that. I'm going to read bits and pieces, and then we're going to find out about Barabbas. So I'll start at 18.24. Then Annas sent Jesus bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. John had said in verse 14, Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jewish leaders it would be good if one man died for the people. At the end of our story two weeks ago, there's a big uh, to-do and everybody says, this is terrible that Lazarus has been raised. I think, why? What's the matter with them? How perverted have they become? Uh, and they said, you know, we need to do something about this guy, this guy Jesus who's corrupting the nation. And Caiaphas says, it'd be good if one guy one man died to save the nation. And John, which he likes to do in his gospel, says, Ah, 
that he didn't know what he was saying, but he was prophesying, he was speaking what actually was going to happen. So we've already got that. And the whole of John's Gospel kind of almost turns on that phrase. Because where we go from 12 onwards, the bits we've missed out is a long discourse about how Jesus goes to Jerusalem and he teaches his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And then we find him through, through Palm Sunday, which is uh, uh, today in the church calendar. And we find him now on, uh, on trial. And so it says, Caiaphas was one who advised the Jewish leaders it would be good for if one man died for the people. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early in the morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. It'd be good if one man died for the people. It'd be good if one man died. And what we find is that they don't know what they're doing. But all the way through, these the characters in this story are acting uh, with bad motives, but God is using their motives to work out his purpose that one man would die for his people. And so, but their arrogance is shocking, surprising. They think that Jesus is the evil, corrupting influence, and they think that they're the pure ones. So they come to Pilate, the pagan, obviously the Romans, they come to the Pilate's palace, and they do not want to enter. It said, to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jewish leaders did not enter the palace because they wanted to eat the Passover. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it, that they were trying to get Jesus murdered, but yet they thought all the time they were fine. And Jesus was the one who'd done no sin, and they thought he was the corrupting influence. I mean, how twisted is humanity? We are like that. When you talk to people and say, what is your heart like? Their first impression is, I'm fine. If you talk about sin and you say, well, let's draw a line from that wall to that wall and put Adolf Hitler or Chairman Mao over there as the most evil possible person and put Jesus over there, where do you go? We all feel how we fit over that side. Whereas actually we're much more over this side than we really know. And although we think, oh, how shocking of them, we would never be like that. Uh, We're like that. But yet here they go. They feel that they're going to be made unclean. Not by what happens in their heart, but by going into the Pilate's house. So they come before Pilate. Let's pick it up again, 1829. And then I'll jump into 9. So it said, Pilate came out to them. How very gracious. He comes out to them. What charges are you bringing against this man? And then 19 verse 7, the Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law and according to that law he must die. But he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate in its arrogance says, do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus says you would have no power over me if it was not given to you from above. Pilate's in the judge's seat in his palace. He doesn't find it unusual or surprising that he, as the Roman governor, as a friend of Caesar, backed by the Roman legions, uh, uh, as a supreme authority in Judea, that is the only one with right to life and death to pass a judicial sentence. He is not surprised. He is not shocked that he is uh, standing and judging this man. He, he doesn't feel the shock of it. And it's actually, he even threatens Jesus. He says, do you not, do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize I have the power to free you or crucify you? It's so interesting. We as human hearts think it is our privilege to put God on trial. 
We think, I will make my judgment about God. I will have my opinion about him. I'll decide he's not for me or I'll decide he is the son of God. But I'll make my judgment on God. And we're not shocked by that. Pilate just takes it as part of the normal course. And we get people on Alpha courses over the years and they, they sit there and say, no, it's not for me, or yes, it's for me, or I can't believe in a God who does that, or I can't believe in a God who does that. You might have even got friends who do that. You might even do that yourself. And we think that's not shocking at all. But our natural inclination is to put God on trial. Our natural inclination is to pass our judgments on him as if our judgments were the ones that really counted. But Jesus graciously allows Pilate to put him on trial. He says, you would not be able to do this if I didn't let you. It's interesting, I, I showed this picture. Why don't you put this picture of the poster up? This is by an artist called Anthony McKellef, and it's entitled Kill Your Idol. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, what does it show you? Okay, and was, who, wants to, who wants to make a comment? Yes, it, it, Simon Cowell's on the right. It, it's meant to be a pop idol, X-Factor type Panel, very good. Yes, okay, what else? Jesus is there in front of the panel, which is interesting. What, what, what happens in these panels? That we make our judgments on Jesus. We, thank you. We make our judgments on, on the person in front of them, and Simon Cowell leans back in his really terrible white T-shirt and makes his patronising comment about how they could have done it better. Now, it's interesting. This was painted for a... Uh, a series of artwork called Stations of the Cross that ran in London two years ago. And London tube stations that they took, you know, you, when you wait, there's posters all along the tube. And they put a poster, uh, put posters out. And they had lots of posters called Stations of the Cross, which were artwork about Easter. Now, what happened with this piece of artwork, uh, and you might have heard me this mention this before, that, that Transport for London said it cannot be shown. It cannot be shown because it said it, 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 it did not comply with the firm's advertising policy. It caused, a, which contained a clause that says it may cause widespread or serious offence to members of the public. Perhaps the image is disturbing. There's a juxtaposition of a semi-naked Jesus bound wearing a crown of thorns and a laughing and frivolous pop idol panel seemingly passing judgment on him. But I don't know what makes this offensive. I think why it was found offensive is because it actually points to what we do with Jesus. We sit and make it a frivolous discussion. Who is he? Nothing to me. Pilate does the same. He sits on the judgment seat. But actually, if you seriously look at Jesus, you find what Pilate finds. 1838 says this. With Pilate, with this, Pilate went out again to the Jews and gathered there, the Jews gathered there and said, I find no fault in him. If we look at Jesus, if you look at Jesus with an open heart, with an open mind, you will conclude, I find no fault in him. You'll find he's perfectly beautiful. His grace is overwhelming, his goodness limitless, his wisdom immeasurable, his faithfulness immovable, his joy endless, his love an overflowing fountain of life. You will find no fault in him. But Pilate doesn't have the courage of his convictions. He doesn't have the courage to let him go. He doesn't have the courage to pronounce judgment. What Pilate should have done is what we all should have done. He should have fallen down on his knees and says, truly you're the son of God. The Roman soldier at the end of the crucifixion does that. But Pilate hasn't got the guts to do that. And I know 
for me and in my journey and in many of people's journey, that actually we may be convinced of the fact that there is nothing wrong with Jesus, that we find no fault in that he's perfect in every way. But it takes guts to say, okay, I'm going to act on that. And Pilate lacks the guts. He's more concerned with his own position. He's more concerned with his own power. Three times he pleads, I find no fault in him. He washes his hands of the whole situation. He's saying it's nothing to do with me, but the fact is Jesus' personality, Jesus' cross demands that you form a judgment. So Pilate finds a nice way out. 1839. But it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you, want me, do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, no, give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was part of an uprising. Now, it's interesting, actually, that, that we don't know where this custom comes from. We're not very aware of where this custom comes from. But actually, that it seems like that this is a, the Passover is a, a rescue from Egypt where slaves were made free. And it seems like somewhere along the line, there's this custom to, to make one person free as a kind of symbol that, that the slaves are made free, that the prisoners are, are set free. So this uh, seems to tip its hat and the Roman uh, representative the Rome, of uh, the Roman governor, uh, casting the role of God, decides who lives and who dies. But actually what happens is now really surprising. Pilate brings out this criminal Barabbas. He's got Jesus on one side, who finds no fault in him, and he's got Barabbas, who, if you read the other Gospels, is a thief, he's a murderer, he's a rebellious person. Pilate holds the destiny, he thinks, of these two men in his hands, and he asks you, do you want Jesus or Barabbas? Jesus, I find no fault in him, or Barabbas, the murderer and the rebel? That's interesting, and I think the Bible is so brilliant in its history. You think, who could possibly make it up? Barabbas' name, does anyone know what Barabbas stands for? Don't put it up yet. Bar stands for, does anyone know? Son. Yeah, and Abbas, Abba, son of his father. That's brilliant, isn't it? Here is a son of the father, here's a son of his father. Hands up if you're a son or daughter of your father. That would be all of us, wouldn't it? That would be all of us. John is not making this name up. This is just happens to be the prisoner, but this prisoner is the son of a father, the daughter of a father. He is one of us. That's me. That's you. You think, oh, I'm no rebel, I'm no murderer, no robber, no insurrectionist. Actually, but Jesus says, if you've been angry in your heart, you're as bad as murder. You think, oh, Jesus, please don't. Jesus says, if you hated or been angry with, your, with another, you're guilty of murder. Each of us is guilty of rebellion. We're part of that uprising of humanity against the rule of our King of Heaven. We sang God, uh, about the kingship of Jesus. But we've all rejected his goodness, declared ourselves as God. And actually we decided that we feel free. But actually the truth is that we all are on death row like Barabbas. Just think about that. We are all on death row like Barabbas. Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ride, uh, many years ago, said that sin's chains are invisible, but yet we all carry the chains of sin, the habits, the addictions, the patterns of behaviour that keep us enchained. We're just bound like 
Barabbas, were held like Barabbas, enslaved, imprisoned like Barabbas. But Barabbas knows what we perhaps don't realise, he's going to die. And we talked about that two weeks ago, that death is this intrusion into God's good will. But, but Barabbas, he knows he's going to die. But he doesn't mind. He thinks, I've done what I've done and I'm happy to die. But actually, for many of us, we don't realize we're going to die. We're going to die. We're the son of the father and we are guilty. We're guilty. And it comes then to this, doesn't it? It's Jesus or Barabbas, a murderer, a taker of life, the must die, or the author of life, the, the giver of life must die. It's the taker of life who's going to die or the, the giver of life is going to die. I mean, in a sense, it's blasphemy. It's gone too far, isn't it? How could it be that, we, that this choice could ever be put there? That, that Jesus could be put on one side of the scales, as it were, and Barabbas could be put on the other side of the scales and say, make a choice. But actually, the truth is that Jesus stands on this side of the scales, and we all stand on that side of the scales. And God has a choice to make. God the Father, the judge of all the earth, has a choice to make. Jesus or Barabbas? Who's it going to be? A pilot doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's acting as God would do. He decides to say to the people, Who do you want? And they say, We want Barabbas! We want Barabbas! And Pilate says, what crime has he committed? What does the humanity, what does the crowd have against Jesus? I'm shocked. What does the crowd have against Jesus? We think we wouldn't do that. We think if we were in the crowd that we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't shout out, oh, I want Barabbas. We'd say, oh, I love Jesus. I went to Sunday school. Gentle Jesus, Mika Mal, I'll have him. Murderer, no. But they cry for Barabbas. Did his teaching so offend them? Was his, he's all so full of grace and truth and love for your neighbours and care for the poor? You know, what, why was that offensive? Which is, is his miracles offensive? He healed and embraced the outcasts, the lepers, touched and raised the dead, uh, uh, gave dignity to the paralysed, gave sight to the blind, uh, gave hearing to those whose world was silent, left, fed the hungry, gave life to the lifeless. Was that so em- annoying? So challenging. Jesus lived for others, gained no wealth or power, gave himself away, poured himself out. There's no one ever lived such an unselfish life as him, but they said, so Pilate says, what crime has he committed? Barabbas deserves the chains, deserves the crucifixion, deserves the death, but he's getting what he rightfully deserves, but Jesus has done nothing wrong. But the crowd says, away, away with Jesus, give us Barabbas. Charles Spurgeon says this, a great preacher from last century, well, two centuries ago now, 18-something or other. Charles, Charles Haddon Spurgeon says this, the reason why they chose Barabbas and not Jesus is the world loves sin rather than Jesus. We love to do our own thing. We love to have our own say. We find his goodness offensive to us. We find his goodness a silent witness to our own guilt. Our universal shame feels more acute in the presence of his divine love. 
No, give us Barabbas away with him, crucify him. We'd rather, we'd rather not be reminded of him. His presence is likely to cause widespread or serious offence to the members of the public. Give me chocolate. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. It's all too close to home. When I see who he is, when I see who I am, I'd rather not be confronted with him. Away with him, give me Barabbas. So Barabbas' chains are unlocked and he walks away free. I guess he feels like, I'm the man. I'm the man. Who's the crowd? If he said, right, okay, we're going to put up Christian and Andy Wilson. And we'll have a pop idol worship leader competition. And we say, right, who, can, who are we going to have? And then we Christian and say, right, hands up, cheer for Christian. Ripple, ripple, ripple. Hands up, cheer for Andy Wilson. Cheers! We're dead biased here. <laughs> Andy's going to think, I'm a man. I'm the man. My gift has made room for me. You would, wouldn't you? Big election. Who are we voting for? Give us Barabbas. I'm not going to make coming about American lectures. No, I'm not. I refuse to do it this time. I'm away with the man. Take him away. <laughs> Give us, I don't know, that. who would we have? Man, who do you vote for? Outrageous. I'm glad I'm not American. When you get voted for, you think, I'm the man. Don't look at your own heart. Clinton, Trump, they're not looking at their own heart. They're thinking, I'm the one. They're voting for me. Obama, whoever. I'm the one. I'm the man. They voted for me. He thinks that the people have set him free. But he doesn't realise that Jesus loves Barabbas. Jesus loves Barabbas. God loves Barabbas. It's God's will to set him free. Pilate and his fearful injustice does the will of God because God's justice is the righteous will die for the unrighteous to bring us to God. Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's the voice of God that says, Barabbas, you're free. Barabbas, you're free. Pilate has Jesus whipped. Take him into the praetorium. All the guards gather round him. Punch him in the face. Spit on him. Put a crown of thorns on his head. Beat him around the head. Purple robe. Scourge him. Back torn apart. Thinks that's going to placate the crowd. And then... It says when, in John 19, verse 5, when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to him, Behold the man. It's the nicest picture you could find. That was a bloody and awful scene. But Pilate doesn't know what he's saying. Because what he's saying is, This is the man. This is the man. This is the one who's going to stand for all humanity. This is Barabbas, the son of his father, the son of God, the son of man. This is the one. He's going to be the one. In this moment, Jesus is humanity. Jesus, too, was a son of his father, a Barabbas. Judah Smith, who's a great preacher, if you listen to him, he said, the father knew that God 
would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. The father knew that God would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. This is the big story, guys. You say, oh, it's the same story every week. If you're not gripped and stunned by this story as we come to Easter, where have you been? The perfect, faultless one, the beautiful son of the eternal father, walks away, carrying a cross, crowd shouting and screaming at him. And out of the side door, we walk. Sons, daughters of our father, free. It's a scandal. But that was the father's will. It's God's purpose that he should take our sin, that he should bear it on the cross. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ died, the righteous to the unrighteous, to bring us to God. My mum used to, I didn't actually, I don't want to be rude about my mum, but my mum, there wasn't many things that my mum said that I took and thought, well, I'm going to do that, maybe which is why my life was a mess at many times. But, but she used to quote this line from a hymn, and it's probably too old to sing, but I uh, didn't really think about it till this morning. But she used to say, there's this hymn, and we sang it at my father's funeral, and we sang it at my mother's funeral, and it's called Man of Sorrows. There's Man of Sorrows, what a name. Yeah, some of you are nodding, you know. But there's a line in there, and I used to say, so what is a Christian mom? What is a Christian mom at 10, 11, 12, 15, 16, 20? What is a Christian mom? And she used to say, in my place. Do you know it? Condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. In my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. It's me. Oh, Jesus, sorry. You shouldn't laugh at that point. It's supposed to be a poignant moment where the gospel's working in your life. It's not meant to think, isn't that a really sad picture of me? But guys, if you've never ever thought that that's the swap that took place, put your picture there. You haven't grasped it. You haven't got what went on. Like Maximilian Kobe and the Polish guy whose name I can't pronounce. I'll die for him. We walk out free. We walk out free. Jesus walked to the cross that I deserved and still deserve. I stand in the place of forgiveness and freedom, accepted as a son of the Father. What's true for Jesus is now true for me. And Jesus falls under the heavy cross of my sin and dies a cursed death, abandoned by his Father. This is the only hope we've got. It's not about trying to do your best or trying to work hard or trying to do the right thing to become a Christian. It's trying to, you know, I'll work harder at being a good husband or work harder at being a good parent, work harder at being a good Christian, work harder at cleaning gardens or, or, or painting rooms. I'm going to work harder at those things. I'm going to do all those things. And then maybe I'll make it. 
then maybe I'll be a Christian. Maybe my achievements and my relationships and my church is going to save you. Maybe if we have rocking worship, then I'll get saved. Maybe if we fill the building, I'll get saved. Maybe if I do all these things, I'll get saved. Maybe if I work harder at these things, I'll get saved. No, they can't save you. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus. Judas Smith said, Stop trying to save yourself and believe the gospel. Believe that there is a God whose love is so scandalous, so overwhelming, so deep and wide and high, so vast, so forgiving, so welcoming, so self-giving, so fatherly, that it changes everything. That's why we break bread every week. Because this is a story. There's no other story that's making a difference in the, in, to this world that's going to make it right and make it new. This is the story. And so as we go towards Easter, we don't have a good Friday meeting here, but as we go towards Easter, don't just drift through your week with chocolate eggs. Don't just drift through the week with chocolate eggs. Go and look at the crucified one and say in your heart, In my place, condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon, my life, my joy, my freedom, my grace with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Let's finish with these verses. Pilate finally, finally Pilate handed over them to be crucified. Pilate had, uh, had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. He truly is our representative. Just as the queen represents this country or the president, the states or prime minister of other countries and nations, he is our representative. It's written large above the cross. He is our representative. What he does, he does for all God's people. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.